It is the Anfield wrap after Liverpool get beat 1-1 by Crystal Palace at Anfield. I'm sick of getting beat. Uh, two games so far this season at Amelia where we've got beat. Uh, we're going to have to just deal with it. Yeah, I'm not particularly enjoying this season. It's rubbish. Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool aren't very good. Would you like to start again? Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like something's gone wrong. Uh, I feel like it's, it's it's very clunky for a start. Yeah, the games are in weird places at strange times. <laughs> the, you know, the Charity Shield was ages ago. Uh, we, we were quite good then. We're uh, different people. Uh, Why yeah, aren't there any games? Everyone said, oh, it's a congested season with the World Cup. You're going to have to watch this. You're going to have to watch that. We've barely played. Yeah. <laughs> we're not playing a game for ages. I mean, I mean, it's like know. we don't know what to do with it. It's like, how long till the next game? Three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> what, and the, even Clough is like, oh, I love having training time. It looks like he was like, no. Can we have no. a game on Wednesday, please? Yeah, yeah. not least because he's, he's training them and the legs are falling off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a fellow with a hammer going around giving everybody a knock. <laughs> Possibly Timmy Mallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and just out of the blue, it's like, oh, it's so you know, th there'll be a whole team sheet that appears, and you think I've seen that team, and then ten minutes later, you say, "Was that Phillips in that?" <laughs> it was Phillips gets inserted everyone. ten minutes, yeah. ten everyone minutes after did. the first time I looked at the team sheet, Nat Phillips appeared in it. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was uh, quite something. It was quite something. Uh, Liverpool won Crystal Palace. One, we'll get into all of that. We'll start off with the main thing, Mo, which isn't just the idea of can we start the season again, please, but is instead uh, uh -huh. the fact that ultimately the sending off is just bloody daft. Yes. He gets himself wound up. He mm -hmm. does what he does. It is a red card. That I want to be really clear about this. The fact that it is a red card doesn't mean the referee is any less of a prick. Um, so let's be absolutely crystal clear. <laughs> uh, the referee can send him off uh, and still be uh, a, a prick from Greater Manchester, which so many of them seem to be these days. But the sending off is just bloody daft. It is weird. The fact that it was him when this happened because it's almost like the best day of his life yeah best exactly. day he got married. literally he, he was just like oh this is so perfect i get to do this and have a complete righteous indignation from our perspective yes it's daft um it's funny actually because initially i didn't see the incident i just saw anson on the ground and i saw him giving the red card and we, it was already quite a feral atmosphere in the cop by that point we were already pissed off with life and when that happened, we were just like, oh my God, it can't be, it's an injustice. And I was ready to kind of climb down the stand and give Anderson exactly what I thought of him. And then someone behind me showed me the replay and I was like, oh. I couldn't even bring myself to boom after that, Anderson. I was just like, yeah, I mean, fair enough. And it's one of those things where you, everyone's gonna say, oh, he's gonna learn from this. And the other thing everyone's gonna say is that every team from now on is gonna, is gonna try it on with him. Both those things can be true and hopefully will be true. Yeah. I do think that every single team now is going to try on with him. But in some ways, it's good that this happened so early because now he's going to be like, you know, you absolutely cannot react to it. It's, it is bloody daft, Paul. But what is also daft is the sending off changes the game as a positive for Liverpool. That really shouldn't be how football works. Uh, you're not meant to suddenly come on leaps and bounds when you go down to them, especially these days, these days, where team structures are so spot on, where team defensive structures are so spot on, where everyone's got a plan for everything at all times. We've seen a you know Liverpool go to Manchester City in the start of the 17-18 season, go down to 10, and they can barely get a kick <laughs> of the ball after that point. Now that is Guardiola's Manchester City and Vieira's Crystal Palace are in a slightly different place. But it was like they couldn't get a kick of the ball for 20 minutes afterwards. Liverpool are brilliant for the first 20 minutes after they go down to 10 men. Yeah, there's there's so much wrong and fascinating and intriguing about the red card. It's mad. Like I, I'm watching the games at home now, which which is lovely because it's a whole different perspective. <coughs> so I get, to, I get to watch Monday Night Football. And even even when the red was brandished, you you wouldn't have seen this because it was the way it was caught, like the edit when it was brandished. And I think everyone forgets this as well. I only remember this watching it back. He gave, he got sent off just after Diaz tried a ridiculous overhead yeah, kick yeah. from about 15 yards out. The, the, Joe, the trajectory of the ball was meant, to, it, it was impossible. If he could have scored an overhead kick from there, it would have been like magic. <laughs> and the way Sky edited it was they showed the overhead kick, then they cut away, then they cut to the ref. And I'm furious at Diaz at this point. And the ref shows a red card. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> it's, it's a ridiculous decision, but a red. And then after the game, there was a bit with Carragher showing, like, showing the footage again. And it, I loved how indignant Carragher was about it, but not because, like we're all saying, it was stupid. It was because the ref was looking straight at him. Like they had this angle, I don't know if you've seen it since, from like zoomed out, where, because it shows you, Joe Nunes, 
remonstrating with the ref. So you're thinking, well, where is he? And the ref's literally looking straight at him from 10 yards away. And that when Carragher was like, I was like, this is just, how has this got worse? Like to throw your head in on someone like that is stupid. To do it when this ref from Greater Manchester is looking straight at you. It was like, Carragher was like, I'm all right with it if he thinks the ref's looking the other way. <laughs> if he thinks he can get away well, with it, and again, it just throws it. That's another thing he's got to learn. It's <laughs> <laughs> so all the price. You, can, you like... can sort of see that. But, and then onto what you were saying, like, it's funny watching the Diaz stuff, and we'll get onto that. Hmm. Like, I, I was I was subbing Diaz before that point. I, like, I thought his first half was all over the place. He was giving the ball away. And then him and everybody else, once, that, once he got sent it raises so many questions of like how can we get so much better when that happens it reminds me of i don't even know who it was you remember do you remember there was a mad manager once he might have even been in italy and he was so unhappy with his team's performance he just started taking lads off like it was like you're gonna run harder here i'm, gonna, I'm just gonna t- keep taking a lad off until you learn to run around it reminded me of that and in and on the one hand brilliant and you know it's great that we can do that and it shows, it shows genuine collective courage and character and yeah. bravery. And they were dead brave with the ball and they took risks Absolutely. and all of that. All of that stuff. And then on the, the other side of it, we talk about this just for hours. It shows you as well just how much football's changed on your point of 10 against 11. Because when you play like Crystal Palace play, having an extra man doesn't give you an advantage in the way it used to give you an advantage. Because the advantage of having an extra man is having an extra man to pass the ball to and to move the other team around. When you're not interested in having the ball, having an extra man just gives you an, an extra lad to defend with. So it helps you stopping the other team getting to your goal. But it actually doesn't change the dynamic of the game that much, which is a weird thing to see. It's the first time I've ever really been conscious of that. When Chelsea got a man sent off at Anfield last year, that occurred to me last night because they played well after they went down to 10. It focused their mind and... I guess they weren't trying to win the game like we were trying to win the game, but it did sort of make me think about that one. Yeah, well, I was thinking that we played better with 10 men than we've played against 10 men in a long time for Mm. a a lot of similar reasons. And again, I was thinking a lot about structures of games. Like you were saying, Neil, every team has a plan. Everyone knows the plan. Everyone knows what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to be in this is it. And there doesn't seem to be enough randomness anymore. Like, I've even noticed it with some of our guys. Some of the guys, like Diaz and Harvey Elliott, when they first came in the team, they were taking the ball, they were running with it, they were attacking the first man in front of them, they were trying to beat a man, trying to get forward. And you think, okay, when you when you haven't learned the system, that's what you do, you go on instinct. And then you learn the system, and they stop doing it. There were so many times last night, I was just like, can someone just run up someone, please? Mm. Can someone really please just draw a defender and make some extra space? And I feel like we've lost all players lose that side of them once they become insulated into the system I think we need to find a way for the system to still allow that well one of the things that I think why that doesn't happen last night is I think when when it's 11 v 11 Mm -hmm. and I think we we play with intensity it's there from the outset they create a fair few opportunities Mo they're not great chances and this is a little conversation around composure but I think that one of the reasons why no one's really run at anyone is because the gaps between the attackers were absolutely enormous. Mm. Between, between at times, between Darwin, Diaz, Salah, and then even Elliot to throw Elliot in. It felt like there was constantly 15, 20 yards yeah. between them. Elliot to get a bit closer to Salah, maybe occasionally get a bit closer to Darwin. But they just all felt really, really isolated from each other. And then that's something that changes when it does go down to 10 men, because suddenly Salah and Diaz are playing much closer together and being able to be much more disruptive, but also back each other up and create 50-50s. And that wasn't there at the no. start of the game, even with that we were creating the odd chance. It's That's so true, actually, because uh, there were a couple of times when Fabinho or even that Phillips had the ball in the centre circle and he was kind of advancing with it and it looked and from where we were sitting in the cup you could look did you get the whole picture and like you say there's one over there there's one over there there's one over there and there's two at least two white shirts between the man with the ball and all of them and it's very much as just like you need Bobby in this situation that's kind of what he does is he knits everyone together and something else that kind of is a product of that I remember the days when I used to see a team coming to Anfield with three at the back and I'd be like sweet 
we're going to win this game because we can tear three at the back apart because what Bobby does is that he creates havoc. He looks the guy in the middle who's normally there to sit at the back and kind of cover. He feels like he has to come forward because the other two are kind of matching the other two. We've got overloads on either side. And the way that our system works just seems to tear it apart perfectly. There was none of that last night. There was not really many overlapping runs from the fullbacks either. And I mean, they loved going and playing centre-forwards. <laughs> <laughs> they were very committed to going and playing centre-forwards, I felt. But yeah, but outside of that and the, and the kind of ball from out to in over towards the back post, it didn't really seem to be much. I thought the shape was insane, to be honest. It's, I still can't get my head around it. As you were saying, the fullbacks playing up front. Um, Salah was on the wing. You know, he's a winger again. He looks like Chelsea Salah. What's going on? Um, I think that the, you know, average positions, I haven't looked at the average positions, but Salah's definitely on the wing. Very much on the wing yes. on the average um, positions, first half especially. Uh, uh, Diaz was on the halfway line on the other side. On the wing. On the wing. <laughs> but uh, extremely deep on the wing as well. At least Salah was near the goal. Um, this is before Nunes get before Darwin gets sent off, and Darwin seemed to just be bobbing around trying to win headers, you know, with miles of space in between, as you say. And then eventually, everybody gets dragged in, and it's it's Robertson on his right foot, generally popping up as the as, as the last man. What you know is that the plan? It's mad. I, it was I, I felt like we've gone. Joe Guardiola seems to have like doubled down on his fullbacks as midfielders thing. Like even David Moyes after their game was like, it was mad that like they're literally midfielders now. I know they've done a bit of that in the past, and it's like we've looked at it and gone. We can trump that. <laughs> Watch yeah. this. Watch. You won't have you won't have seen this coming. Andy Robertson playing as as an inside like left. But is it? I mean, I, I don't mind. I, I don't mind Trent uh, where he where he ended up last night after the after the sending off. I think it, it he annoyed me all last season drifting in and being in the in in, in the, the weird narrow channel. Um, but I don't you know I don't mind what we what we did with him last night. And I thought he was actually really good. He was really but, good yeah, when we went down to ten. But it, yeah, it was really good when we went down to ten. And I think uh, just to go back to what we were saying about going down to 10 I don't think it's anything necessarily to do with the one man disadvantage or us suddenly getting you know bitten on the bum and deciding to wake up I do think it was because the shape was better without without Darwin there and, and or with without the the front three doing as I said their average positions of, of insanity um and yeah having having Robertson being the 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 player who's on the end of all of these things, he is our least most likely scorer probably. Yeah. So it, especially on his weak foot, it's just, it just, it, it just honestly, it just see, it seemed like a mad plan. Um, and yeah, and, and, and amongst that, and it, you know, it was that really. I've watched Liverpool for years and years, um, deciding to play well just as it's about, just as it's probably too late. And and that was, you know, that that was what we what we did last night. And generally, it's because you've gone, you know, gone two goals down or something, or you know, gone. Got, got gone a goal down and you think well we might end up with a draw here and that was you know it was like that last night except it was it was ascending off and it's that to be honest is I'm still processing this Neil and I've you know I haven't, I haven't, haven't, I haven't eaten much today I haven't, <laughs> I haven't watched any of it back um, and I'm just I don't know it just this is why I'm going more general with it because I feel like it's almost like that is what Liverpool are like like we are good just as it's probably about too late and that's not good enough. Well, it, it, well, this is this is why Mo within it all. Why there was oddness. Now, to be clear, I think Milner should score first minute. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a good opportunity. I think it's actually a better opportunity than its expected goals rate, in which had about no point one five. I thought it was a little bit better than that, taking into account where everybody was at that moment and the fact that all he needs to do, I would say, is show a bit of composure. And that was, you know, we've criticised the positions they've ended up in, but I felt even allowing for that when they were uh, for the first half an hour, when it was nil-nil, when they were getting around the Crystal Palace box, the thing I wanted to see was just a little bit more composure. Yes. I think if they'd have shown a little bit more composure, they would have found the way to the back of the net. I think that the, the for the first half an hour, the intensity was there, mm. but I thought that the intensity being there, the fact that they do start fast, will they start fast? They start fast. The fact that they were, it was almost, you know, and, and this is why we're all bell ends and football's hard is because if anything I'd say they're almost starting too fast they were they were really really anxious really I thought they lacked composure but the one thing they did was they got around the Crystal Palace penalty area and they were able to make yeah. things happen just not in a calm way no you're right there was that kind of anxiety that kind of anxious energy towards it and the times where we start fast is because we know that getting a goal and maybe then getting two goals changes the opponent's game plan. That's the that's the easiest and quickest way to get the opponents to change what they're doing is for us to score goals. And you get the feeling that there was a little bit of like, okay, once we've got that goal, we can settle down. Because obviously they're aware of the fact that we didn't win the first game. 
And so everyone's coming into thinking, okay, we just need to win this game. We just need to win this game. It doesn't matter anything else. So get the first goal on the goal and then we'll go. And it was a bit more anxious. And there was times when we were playing really well and we'd play half an hour where we're building, we're building, we're creating chances, not taking them. And I, it was nil-nil at halftime and I'd be in the concourse just thinking, we're sound, we're going to win this game 2-0. And we would. And that confidence and calm assurance that I had that these guys are going to get there is normally because the players have got that as well. And I don't think the players had that last night. And we certainly did. There was, was maybe something about the bench options. That was something we were talking about. There was like, there was no strikers on the bench. Um, I think that sort of game is not massively unusual the first half hour. We mm. see that sort of all the time, but then Mane scores or Jota scores. And you I mean, know, those, <laughs> th- those, those two players, you know, I think, I think that these sorts of games, you know, maybe I'm being but, unf- a, a, a bit unfair on, on the, the players we we have there. Obviously, Salah scores every game as well, but I feel like th- those sorts well, of games, a little bit of a scrappy, just somebody banging the, it in is on, what you need. On the idea of the lack of composure, this is where I think it's interesting post-match when he is talking about how disrupted they felt all week. Mm. Because that was the, the fact that they weren't calm and the fact that they, the, the, I don't think that that calm was ever there. I don't think the calm's even there when it's, you know, when it's when it's 10 v 11 and they're playing better. I don't think they calmed down all the way through the match. No. They seemed agitated. And what he's saying after suggests that they've they've not had an air of calm about them now what I would say is and what he would say to be absolutely honest and fair is well it's his job to sort of to ensure that that's that's present you know and he he would say that and he would acknowledge that but that's where I think there is a little thing here where clearly at the minute something you know he he uses the metaphor of the idea of the the, you know we feel like there was a witch at the training grounds and all that sort of thing That's just him talking the aftermath of the is game. That what Klopp said? Yeah, whatever, whatever there is. I said Timmy Mallet. Timmy Mallet, it's very similar. <laughs> very similar. We feel like there's a Timmy Mallet at the training ground. Uh, but whatever it is, I think this is something that they are going to have to have a little bit of a think about and have a little bit of a plan for because I think they've just got to find their way to to breathe and out in and out a little bit during the season. We can be head cases. We've got the luxury of that. They haven't. They've got to be able to to, to respond in the moment. I, th- I think their head casery is very, very much like ours, actually. And and, and that is a problem, as you say. I, I think we spent all week, I know me and you had to text about it, and I think you probably said it on shows as well, think it, saying, I wish we had a midweek game. Um, there was... To, you know, it's too too long in between in between the games for everything to get wound up. I think Man City's two wins are in the players' heads. They're certainly in mine. The fact that we're going to Old Trafford next is in my head. Possibly was in the players as well because they think that, as, as Mo was saying, it's in the selection. To, it's in the, the reason he doesn't, so, he doesn't yeah. risk Gomez because because yeah. he's worried about Matter because they're yeah. going to go to Old Trafford yeah. next. He doesn't do. I think he doesn't risk Firmino. They talk about Henderson's only got half an hour and it's like I think it's in his mind. I, 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 think it's in his I, mind. I don't want them to get into. I, I think, think it's so. present. Yeah, I think it's present, and you know, it's it, it, and and so that manifests itself in. Uh, after the the scrappy goal, as I say, that the, the one that Mane usually scores doesn't happen, then very quickly you, it turns into kind of you know the, the the thing that I used to do my head in about about Gerard a lot, you know, trying to take the game by the scruff of the net, Roy the Rovers style, from about thirty minutes, and and it, I was I was actually thinking this walking in, I wondered whether. Having it's it's one of the drawbacks of having so many captains in the team because you've got so many players there that can see something's going wrong and somehow there isn't one captain that does the calm thing. They're all they they've all decided to to in some way grasp it and and and, and do make the change themselves when there's you know lots of time left. There's lots mm-hmm. of uh, there's lots of space to do to do calm things and you know what the the the, the things that you'd like to do one of them would be kind of in that situation is bringing Milner when he's already on and you know there's, there's there is I think there's, there's there is certainly some some hard lines involved but the I can sense that that, that what that the uh, the fraught atmosphere I do think it's the same as ours it's the same as mine it, that that's that's how it, it seemed and obviously as you say Neil it's not good enough and that's that there the needs to be I don't know what needs to happen really. Maybe they need to get beat, or maybe they need to feel like they've uh, they've they've got a, a mountain to climb. Um, it does it, it it does feel like a strange, a very unusual start to the season, and I feel like something. I, I don't know. There needs to be there needs to be a bit of a, a bit of a gear change somewhere um, for for everyone's for everyone's head to, to click in properly. I think that the, the psychology of the whole game I think is interesting, Paul. Not least because I actually think Palace and the best thing that Vieira could have done in hindsight, and I'd love to be able to speak to him about it, would have been as soon as it goes to 10, to go 4-3-3 and to say we win this 2-0. And that could have been the best thing that Vieira could have done in hindsight. But he's at Anfield, and I think this is really interesting. You know, Last season, Palace won at City. Uh, it's worth remembering. And they've got a point against City at home, so they got four points off City last season. So they know how to win in those, in those times and in these games. But what I think is really interesting is 0-1, 
something to hold on to. 1-1 is an all right result. When we go to 10, I think they, and it was dead interesting their end, their end was boisterous, it was having a great time. As soon as we go down to 10 men, they sort of celebrate it. And then they spent the next, I thought, half an hour all looking at each other going, oh God. And I thought their players did a bit of that as well because suddenly you go from, we should not be favourites to win this game, even at 0-1 with half an hour left. We shouldn't be favourites. And suddenly what they're thinking is, hang on, we should win this. And I thought you got to see that, and I thought you got to see Liverpool flip the other way. And I think all of that through the game, I think that there's Liverpool issues for the first hour, and then I think there is actually a Crystal Palace issue with, like, why aren't we on top? Why aren't we running this game? And they can't really cope. Yeah, the, I think the psychology of this game, and the psychology of the two games we've played so far in the, in the wider sense, which I'll come on to, but the psychology of this game is fascinating. E- even when, when we scored after we'd gone down to 10 men, and I'm sort of making some notes watching it because I knew I was going to do this today. And I thought to myself, Actually, it's not a bad thing if we don't score dead quick here. Like, I'm quite happy if we score our second goal in the 85th minute because we're on top. The psychology of this game has become weird. We've gone down to 10. What that's, I didn't, you couldn't really hear on the telly, but that makes sense what's happened with the crowd. Mm. They've started to worry now because all of a sudden they're like, hang on, is this a good thing? Like, would this be a good result at 1 1? Because I'd forgotten that as well. They won at City last year. So Mm. you would, in, in sort of the wider history of football, even at 1-1, you've got 11 men at Anfield. It's your opportunity to go and win Anfield. And that just didn't happen. They didn't try and do that. And I think that's fascinating in itself. But I was thinking to myself, well, the way we've started dominating this game, as soon as we go 2-1 up, on the assumption that's going to happen because we've started battering them, that could swing completely again. Mm-hmm. Because our lads then start going, right, we need to hold, because we've only got 10. They're looking at each other going, we've only got 10 I lads That's here. why he was holding on to the last sub. I think I think our manager was holding on to the last sub because he was thinking, if I need to do one more, if I need to do one more, after which involves, after, after it goes 2-1, if I need to do one more, I need to make sure I've got one more I can do. Yeah, mm. I, I agree with that. And, and as well, I think there's a really interesting thing on the one more that ties into the last game. And this is a psychology versus this is a psychology and theory versus real life point. When we came off the back of last season, and you get to look at the fixture, you get to look at the results, and you get to look at the win, lose, and draw columns, and you get to see that City lost more games than us, and they still won the league. We get to say draws killed us. Can't afford draws. Mm. Draws, and they were saying this on Sky. Draw a draws like a loss. A draws like a loss. A draws like a loss. That's fine in theory because you get idiots like me going. Well, the thing about three draws is you better roll in the dice because if you win one and lose two, you've got the same points. If you win two and and lose one, you've got more points. That's Guardiola. That's Alex Ferguson. One of my old favourite topic. That's fine in theory when you can look back and do the points totaling. Mm. What we're seeing in real life is because I thought we'd come into the season and. With 10, 15 minutes of any game left, if we were drawing, I thought what you'd see is us rolling the dice. We'd really use that last sub. Do you know what I mean? Like, Keita would have come on last night. We'd have, we'd have taken off a centre-back or we'd have taken off Fabinho and gone, put another attacking-minded player on because a draw is useless to us. Mm. And I was just looking, if you just look at the numbers, and this is skewed a bit because we were 10 men last night for half an hour, but we had 10 minutes plus stoppage time against Fulham and we had 30 minutes plus stoppage time last night. And in that time, we didn't look psychologically like we were going, we're rolling the dice to win these games. And that makes sense in real life. Yeah. Because it's all right for me to say, yeah, but roll the dice and think, you might lose, but you win. I think we're a knackered. But like, I, I, like, I think but that's not I, even I think the main problem. Like, it's ner- nervous energy, I think. I, do, I, think I it's do think the, that, the, but, but I think on this point, it's that if you roll the dice, you could lose two games. And... It's all well and good saying a draw is yeah. a defeat. It's not. A, dr- a draw yeah. gets you a point and a point could win you the league. Lit- City literally won the league <laughs> by one point and one of their draws won them the league. Mm. And I think that's the problem in real life is if you're Klopp, you're going, oh, well, all right, mate. Like, Kopi on the internet. Like, <laughs> it's easy said than done. You're the manager. You're going to lose two games on the bounce, are you? You're bottom of the league with Man United now. Well, this is it. This is the other thing I was going to say. In that scenario where you lose two and win one, if you win the third one, then those two weeks where you've lost the first two are going to be rough. And you don't know how much that's going to take out of them. And obviously the other thing to think about is goal difference. Because you can lose two badly and win one. They're all right. I think you're still actually at a deficit. I think that all of that psychology stuff is interesting because, like you say, we didn't go all out for it which suggests that all of the feelings amongst the fan base that the title's already over because we've already lost four points on City and all the way, all that kind of stuff, it's clearly not the same in the dressing room because if yeah. that was the case, then they would be selling out. They would be thinking we cannot afford to drop these two points here because that's it all over. The thing that I think the most interesting 
about the way the the the, the conservativeness or the attackingness of Klopp himself rather than the actual team is the injury situation. Mm. I think if we think back to that time that we've all tried to forget <laughs> two seasons ago, there was a lot of those kind of weird selections, like kind of like ultra pragmatism mm. where Klopp was like, because I haven't got as much of my squad, I can't be I can't be as more uh, as as uh, adventurous as I have to be. I have to be more pragmatic. We saw it with Simicast. It was like, well, because everyone else is injured, I have to keep Robertson in so Simicast is going to play, and all those kind of decisions. And I don't know. Maybe I'm fee- maybe I'm reading too much into it. But the fact that we've had so many so soon, I feel like that's bringing that in. Because I looked at Gomez in that second half, and I was livid that he wasn't playing the first half. Oh, okay. I, I was <laughs> like, I was almost like, if he hadn't played at all I'd have been happier yeah. but and, and again, I think me, me, me and Ben said he better not bring Gomez even as Gomez plays great ball after great yeah, ball covers the ball again wins it back again wins and, another challenge and, 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 go on then you be brilliant again <laughs> and it's really easy to look at Nat in that team as the weak link and the odd man out and etc etc and yes you can look at his contribution for the, the Palace's goals say that he was caught square and it wasn't the only time he was caught square I look at that I look to go back and think that Gomez might have been caught square but he would have caught up to Zaha before the ball had gone he would have he would have been able to deal with that issue and the fact that he wasn't there and and that Phyllis was uh, I, I, it, sorry, I, it really it's starting to do my head in this thing though you know like even on Sky they were doing this whole thing of um Liverpool centre-backs don't cover for each other. Liverpool centre-backs don't cover for each other. Like, that's just like, it's like hands up. Like, I'm if you freeze frame that goal, right? Nat Phillips is Nat Phillips. We've all, I think we've all accepted this. Yeah. And it, the problem with Nat Phillips in that moment, and fair, you know, better players than him have made this mistake. He doesn't stick or twist. He doesn't actually close the ball because he doubts himself for a split second and then you're gone. But if you freeze frame it, as Zaha makes his, starts his run, Van Dijk is three yards ahead of him. And if he just matches the run and he can literally hold, he can still hold the line, but he can be running towards his own goal at full Van Dyke after Burner pace, not Van Dyke, I can just jog alongside him pace, which we see a lot, but his after Burner pace, you, you can't tell me, you can't convince me, no one can convince me that he doesn't catch Zaha. Mm-hmm. Bearing in mind that it, even if it's in a straight foot race, I don't know how fast Zaha is anymore. He's getting on. But even in a straight foot race, if he's faster than Van Dyke, he literally has to slow down to get the ball. Yes. Like it's like I was thinking about this last night. It's like Formula One racing. Like you're if 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 everything was just about how fast every car is, it would be pointless because the fastest car would always win. But the point is, every time you get to a corner, you have to slow down, mm. and that gives the person behind you an opportunity to, to do something. So as he slows down for the ball, Van Dyke with his afterburners on could catch him, and we seem to have created this mad thing that like oh no we just don't do that we just we just see if our, our goalie can save it and that's worked so well for so long great i'm not sure it's the greatest idea in the world i think there's a, i think i think i think fans i think she's offside by the way but, uh, and i well, think that and this is the, the the flag the late flag thing i think fans i think it's off I'm I, gen- I, and think, I, I think that and i th- and i th- we've talked about this in the past about the the weird psychology of this flag thing i think it's even in the goalie's head all the time because the goalie is constantly not constantly but more than often than you'd think in a game facing one-on-ones and 99% of the time they're offside that must be a weird psychology for both the last defender and the goalie that in the back of your mind you're thinking he's probably off he's probably off do I have to save this do I have to get a last ditch tackle in yeah, I think there's I think there's a little thing on that and I think it's something they're gonna to have to think about. You're looking knackered points. So I watched a lot of football over the weekend. Yeah. And I watched Villa versus Everton. I watched Brighton versus Newcastle the last twenty minutes. Brighton looked brilliant, by the way. I'm glad when I play them for for another couple of weeks. They look absolutely brilliant, Brighton. Um I watched uh, Fulham, uh the back end of Fulham Wolves because of the way the times of the games finished. I watched Brentford versus United and I watched Chelsea versus Spurs. That's a lot of football. Mm. Everyone looked knackered last ten. Mm. Everyone looked like Villa. I mean the poor lad's got himself the new sign and ends up getting himself an injury. Yeah. Villa were on the knees last ten. Uh four or five Everton players were on the knees, but the new signing had just come off the bench, so he had a he had a burst of energy that no one could cope with. Brighton were on the knees, even though they played ever so well. Newcastle looked done in. Um you know, United Brentford's a weird game, but I think by the time half time comes, United look goosed, but they look mm. goosed because they look as though they're, they're, they're a wreck. And Chelsea versus Spurs, I thought, you know, two teams went absolutely hell for leather, especially Chelsea at each other. And last 10, Chelsea were just dead wobbly. I think that this is in part a start of the season thing, but 
and this is where I'm going to be critical of Liverpool and critical of Liverpool against Fulham and critical of Liverpool in this one against Palace. This is why you want to be going in 2 0 up. This is why you want to actually leave it all on the table first half because if you're 2 0 up, Palace are also knackered. Palace will get to the end. And also, what's then not happening is your, your centre forward's not getting himself sent off because he's a lot calmer. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is my frustration. My frustration is Liverpool were the better side for the first half an hour, but you've got to make sure you're getting it right because you've got to convert it into goals because it's going to be harder and harder as, this game, as these games wear on, I think, for the first couple of weeks, first month or two, to have control of the end of these matches. And that's, that's my frustration, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I- I think I don't know. It's 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 really difficult to say. But I mean, my my point about us looking knackered was sort of as a response to the to, to the roll in the dice. And you know, can we can can we do yeah. something more in that mm-hmm. in the, the last ten minutes? It's you know, there's a, there's a phase of play where where we we sort of say, oh, there's still bags of time left, and that's last until about you know eighty six minutes, and then the bags of time era is finished, and then yeah, and 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 yeah, it seventy eight bags of time, time. eighty six. Are you oh, messing yeah. with what happened right now? And that yeah. doesn't seem fair, all right. No, I know, but, so, but the, 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 it was the same against Fulham last week. The the you know the the board goes up, and we've I think it was five minutes both both matches last night and last week. But we didn't look particularly like we were going to be we were going to be creating anything. We look we looked tired, and I think it probably is a little bit harsh because the roll the dice options aren't there, so there is an injury thing. But my concern is that I think this is a this has been going on a while, and I'm not not necessarily the the um, the tiredness, but the the lack of creativity if we've almost turned into one of those teams where it's like if if you can get through plan a liverpool's plan a they've they, they blow themselves out and they've run themselves out of ideas i think that we are starting to look a little bit like like, like one of those teams and actually i feel like I don't know how long this has gone on because sort of sometimes we just score and this is my, my worry about missing Jota and, and and not having money as they are some that they are people that will that will skew games by just scoring out of nothing and I think that that has potentially been skewing how good we are for a while <laughs> that's my worry <laughs> but I think that's Biden that's built into how we play and maybe how we maybe how maybe we... lots of teams are like that I don't no, know. but I think all teams I think all loads and loads of teams are like that but I think it's structured into how we play but I think the problem at the minute is that first this is part of the them all being too far apart early in games yes. point mo this is part of the you know part of the when it does bounce to you around the penalty area which it did uh, the Milner chance I'll say it again it's a really no, it's early in the game but it's a really really good chance the keepers all but put himself out of commission they've got Matt lads back but they're at absolute panic stations and you know it is a classic just get it on target because it could have ricocheted again anything could have happened there's, and there's loads of this I think throughout the game and that's why there isn't well I mean when you say there's loads of it we don't make many chances after but there's that. The, for instance, the the on 10 minutes, they have the one that Elliot has where the, he clears across. That was on its way in, but also it then doesn't drop to a Liverpool player. There's the piece at the end of the second half, or sort of the end of the first half, where the new uh, Darwin one hits the post, the inside of the post. Yeah. It doesn't drop to Salah. Then Salah weirdly fouls the lads, but then Van Dijk fucks it up anyway, so it's all all right in the end. We all relax. And my point is there's these little yeah. bits in there where... But again, this is back to firstly, it dropping to the right player, and the right mm. player in this instance might be Diogo Jota. Jota but yeah. th- th- there's all these little bits, I think, where they've just got to sharpen that a little bit, and I think a lot of it be sharpened by them being closer. I think so. I think also there is a little bit of nervousness around the fact that they are aware of this whole score early thing, just like we are. And another thing to bring into this whole getting goals early conversation is we talk about the five subs and how that's going to change the game for so many. Because how many times we've been at Anfield where it's like, okay, we haven't broken down, but we've worn them out. Mm. And then in the second half, we can really run amok. Well, if they can make five changes now, then that means you've got a whole new set of people to. It should be an advantage for us, though. It should be. It should be more. You know. I mean, I think it goes, but it goes both ways. I mean, we've had endless discussions about the five subs and who really benefits and who doesn't but I think that from either team you can see a motivation and I think for Liverpool that maybe they're thinking well in the old days where we would be up against a tired defence 65-70 we can go and kick it on now 65-70 they're getting on three new fresh guys so we need to have an advantage before that so then the more you know and the more you try to maybe put pressure on yourselves to get that early advantage pressure and composure aren't always very uh, related especially when you've got someone like say like Milner or like Van Dyke who's not necessarily in those positions I don't want to feel like I'm getting at him but I feel like I've been saying this on every kind of bit of content I've done for the last three or four weeks Trent needs to score more goals mm. like Trent is the one who's getting into those positions as we've already highlighted there was the one in the late in the game I don't know if he was offside or not but again composure he just absolutely slices through it and he just and 
you think that the quality he has, the amount of time he spends addressing a dead ball, we all know he's very good at that part. We need to start making him be a better goal scorer. I don't want to make the comparison to Reese James. I really hate doing it, but in this time it's kind of pertinent because Reese James gets in those positions as well and Reese James scores goals. Mm. That's something we need to change. They, Paul, to accentuate a massive positive, it's a glorious goal uh, from from Luis Diaz. It really is. The more you watch it back, the more you like. I think he's blind alleyed it massively. I think he said, "I, you know, I, I literally went, don't do that," as he pulled his foot back to shoot, because I think he's ended up all the way over there in the space on the other side. It's on an area finish. The goalkeeper can't get anywhere near it. I felt like it really kicked him on. I think he's. I think his first half against Fulham was overstated in the context of the fact that everybody else was bloody rubbish. But I thought what he then produces is what I want to see. I think this is this is a core thing. I think that Adam's point before about him knocking around the left hand side of midfield. I want him all over the pitch. I want him central. I want him I want him going over to Salah's side. I want him buffeting everybody. I want him winning the ball with his chest, laying it off. I want him playing like a centre forward. That's what we've done and I like it. And he scores that goal and I just hope that really does kickstart his season because he should be alive why he shouldn't be able to keep him out the action and I felt that up until when he scored that goal Liverpool slash himself was keeping him out the action and then suddenly you couldn't ignore him it's a great goal yeah yeah it's an it's it's an absolutely phenomenal goal and absolutely you know it, the before the difference in his performance after compared to before is is night and day and I think it actually also ties into what Mo's just been saying and the, and the subs thing is I, I'd always thought, I used to laugh about it when Klopp and you'd have the Chef United manager moaning about the five sub things and Klopp saying it's the same for everybody. And you're like, I used to be there going, it's not Jürgen and you know it's not. And Pep knows it's not. But it wasn't until I was on a show last year, the end of last year with you and Rob, Neil, and you meant made the point that Mo's just made about, you know, they can bring on a load of fresh lads in defence and their lads are all much of a muchness. So they just got loads of fresh lads and now we can't wear them out. And I was still of the, of the mindset that, but that doesn't matter. Because us and City have got all these unbelievable lads. Like, they're bringing on, you know, average Joe to replace average Joe. And that's okay because he's a bit less tired. But when we can bring on Diogo Jota and the point linking this in is Diaz as a sub or Nunes as a sub, that's where the swing is in our favour with with the substitutions and the additional substitutions. The problem is right now, we haven't got that. So mm-hmm. you're, you're saying to Luis Diaz, you need to do both of those roles, mate. You need to be this lad for the first 60. And we want that last half hour performance as well, by the way. So can you just do it all? Because th- th- the reality is we haven't got someone to come off the bench. I was I actually wanted Carvalho to come on earlier last mm-hmm. night. And when he came on, you saw how he, he's not like, the, I think this is when we get carried away with the summer and we're being positive and stuff and I can see how the people you know, the, there are people who get completely down about it but when those of us want to be positive about it we can get too far ahead of ourselves because mm. we can be like Elliot's amazing and Carvalho's this young superstar but then when you compare that to what City have got in those roles I think often we are still lacking a little bit I think the Carvalho thing is that what he did last night what happened last night and what I think I think it, he'll get it out of his system quite quickly was he just looks young he just really yeah. looks young. And I all the way through, I've not really liked, I've not been into, certainly Carvalho midfield chat. I'm not into that at all because I think he could just get swallowed alive in Premier League games playing in centre mid. But I'm also, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I like the order of where the forwards are as long as they're all available. Yeah. As long as they're all available, then I'm more than happy with the idea of Carvalho at six. And then you're picking your moment to bring him on. The issue is, but within that as well, I don't like, you know, City's sixth option's fucking crap. Cole Palmer. <laughs> so, but I, th- but I think that the point at the minute is obviously we can't call on all of ours. Yeah. But I don't, I thought you got to see that last night with Carvalho. I thought this, the difference between dealing with whoever he's been dealing with in the championship and then suddenly Joel Ward. And I don't think Joel Ward is a Rolls-Royce of a footballer by any stretch of the imagination. But there's a sudden moment of, Joel Ward's got years of Premier League experience yeah. and he just goes, I'll see you in a minute. We'll deal with this later on. And I thought there was an element of that when Carvalho came on. And I actually think, you know, without getting into the ins and outs of bits and pieces of the manager yesterday to a huge extent, I understand why he makes the sub, but I actually thought the sub made us worse. Because I thought Elliot was still very central in the game and he was still very involved. And suddenly he finds Carvalho's trying to find his niche in the game, whereas Elliot at least knew where his niche in the game was, even if he was beginning to really tire. And with that, and as well, 
the, the way we change. By the way, if he doesn't do it and it finishes one one, we're all sat here, or people like us are all sat here going, he should have brought Cavalli on for Elliot because it might just completely changed of it. Of course, and that's and that's the problem with when you're making the decisions compared to when you're the idiots like us commenting well, on the decisions because we don't get to see. We say this time and again, you don't get to see the sliding doors. You don't get to see what happened or if he didn't make the decision or if he made a different decision. And and I do think the one of the issues with Carvalho is I think the way we changed shape and moved people around when we went to 10 really worked. And Mo came more central. Diaz just was just what you described, like was just free. You know, go and cause chaos, mate. Go and go and... Even, I really want to. See, I, I do want to see more of that Diaz after from after he scored. I think before yeah. he scored and including the shot is basically what we have seen from Diaz. He does. He 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 nearly scores that goal a lot, or, or you know against Fulham, as in a shot from from mm. an angle, sort of at the, the the edge of the box. He does do do that a lot. I think it was everything he did afterwards, which I thought, okay, that's you know that's the, as, as Neil said, a live wire type thing. You know, it, it's it's okay for him to be everywhere, but I also want mm. him to to be able to be finishing chances and not be on the halfway line. Yeah. But that's kind of why he does it, though. And it's almost like you say, the the the, the, the fact that Neil was saying it looked like he was like going down a blind alley and there were lots of people saying, oh, God, not this again. But then he scored. And it was almost like when he celebrated, he was like, yes, see, everybody, yeah, this yeah. is what I was trying to do. This is what I was trying to do. So whether it's going to change how he approaches those things, I don't know. It's certainly going to approach how, but it's it, gonna change like, how the defenders approach him. I'd also like it to change the way, but I'd like it to change the way in which he's being used. And this comes back to the way... That's when I can't decide half. whether it's how it's being used or if it's his, him. His yeah, natural sort of back. I, I just that, that's why I want to see him I want to see him basically be part of a front three I don't want to see him in a quasi midfield off the left position I want him to be a left sided forward who's able to play like a centre forward and we saw last night and we have seen occasionally in other, other splashes he's able to play like a centre forward and so I think pulling him away from both the function and the literal space yeah. irritates me I want him to be I want them to be playing in the space between their fullback and their centre half a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time, and happy to win the ball with his chest and battle for it, and then graft it all the way along the line and do their heads in, and that's what he hasn't been doing. And no. and he stops. He does a bit of it last season, but that it begins to sort of ebb away. Then, like I think there's another plan in mind, and I'm sort of all right with other plans, but. I'd like to see, but I'd like to see them working, and I'd like I'd like to see them working. And I think last night, even when we're good in the start and we're good for half an hour and all of that, I still feel as though I'd like more things around their goal. A hundred percent, and what he has around their goal, and it goes back to what I was saying at the very beginning, like him running at people, because that was the that's the old, that's the old alternative, isn't it? Because at the moment, he, like you say, he was winning the ball every time he was winning the ball. His first instinct was, "Who am I laying it off to inside?" And it wasn't even the case that sometimes he was laying it off to the midfielder. Sometimes he laying it off behind to Robertson, but he was never laying it off in front to Robertson to come around. He was never trying to at least fix the defender first to make him think he's going to go past him and then come back. There wasn't that kind of variety in the play, and variety is kind of what you need sometimes to be able to give the defenders a little bit of something that they weren't expecting. And going back to what we were saying previously about Fabio Carvalho when he came on. I was kind of ask, hoping for him to not come on for Elliot. I was kind of hoping to see them both together because in that kind of broken play, at the end of the game, mm. like I say, if we are chasing it and everyone had got closer together, <clears throat> the close control elements and the dropping of the shoulder elements that those two both have, you can accentuate it by having them close together. I think by exchanging one for another, you're still asking one person to do all of that mm. job. It would have felt massive to take Fabinho off though, which I think is his only other yeah, point. It would have felt yeah. massive to take Fabinho like, off. And, and I'm, again, I wouldn't be fine with because I don't think plays very well at all after the goal I think from the goal onwards I think he's, he's yeah. really he's, well, I, like it, I mean I, we haven't really discussed it but he's at fault for their goal as well like the way that um, admittedly as they made quite a few of our players look stupid last night the way that he danced in between him and Trent was just a bit I, like I, I, can I, we start I mean, saying Eze in by the way because of, <laughs> I'm all over honestly I'd much rather have him than some fucking some vague lad who plays for sporting I would I would I would I would be very very pleased to have Eze play for Liverpool I, yeah agreed I, I do uh, I, I do think that there was a bit of um unfortunately a bit of Phillips in Fabinho and Van Dijk's head last night I think that, they, mm. that he that he made them be deeper and closer to him than, than, than they would have been if it had been Jolie or somebody else 
Um, but yeah, and and, and I, unfortunately, again, you know, no no insult to him. He's a, li- a limited player and it did prove to be, you know, the, the, the thing that as soon as the team sheet dropped, even though it took me 10 minutes to spot him, obviously Palace had a whole hour of, uh, of, of, of deciding. They've got some football professionals as well and they can read. Yeah, mm. better than me. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to, I'd, I'd love the, 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 the image though of in their dressing room, like it was only 10 minutes before the game yeah. went, is that Nat Phillips? <laughs> yeah. But D, I mean, just, just not told him. Yeah. The, the, the Diaz thing is, I, I sort of almost feel like that is more, even more than Darwin. That is the bit of the puzzle that will that will un- unlock this season. I think the co- correct use of, uh, of, of of Diaz, and and I, weirdly, it still feels like he's just signed. You know, still mm-hmm. ca- kind of don't don't feel like we've got much further than the League Cup final. You know, as in yeah. really good solo performances, uh, leaving it all on the pitch, but. I, can't quite figure out how we're all linking up with him and I mean just to, to, to go back to I mean this is a massively long callback but when we used to say um, McManaman was a player out of time and you'd love a McManaman now a modern sort of McManaman that, that could be you know that could be Diaz you know he he, he could be that as you were saying you know on the on, on the left of a, of a, of a front three um, be it but like you know a more muscular version getting it on his chest you know doing everyone's head in and still getting to be the solo dribbler long shot goal man uh, it's just it's just the, the 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 link up i just i'm not sure who it you know we need definitely if it's mané mané and robertson link up you know it, it, when it's diaz it's like who who is his who's his other you know who's his partner because we do have partners in our team and i'm not yeah. sure who diaz is is that's all very fair um last little thing is obviously what comes next next i don't think it would necessarily paul be a shame for liverpool's next game to be away i'd like it to be sooner but i don't think it's shame for liverpool, a shame for liverpool's next game to be away because I think that the idea that things could get a bit fraught at Anfield is a problem. The issue is they're walking into Old Trafford where things will be fraught from minute one. They've got to be able to rise above that. I think the most important thing that can happen across the next few days at Melwood, uh, sorry, at the Axa is everyone calms down a little bit. We need to not get caught up in their psychodrama. If we don't, I think we'll get a result at Old Trafford, a positive one, it'll be absolutely fine. But these players wouldn't be human if they weren't thinking there's a fighting chance we could be no winning three off the back of this. And I think that that's the, almost in lots of ways, it's frustrating not to have two more points. But the greatest frustration of last night, of the Henderson shot at Fulham, that hits the bar and doesn't hit the underside of the bar and goes in, is that right now if they were four from six, we go, all right, you move from there. The worry is, and they wouldn't be human, as I say, you look at it and it's very easy for them to suddenly be played three, drawn three, and for everything to feel like, good God, there's a mountain to climb. Yeah, it's a, it's such a weird one. I, I, I literally stopped myself sending a jokey message last night to groups of mates saying, yeah, but it's Man United away next, so you couldn't ask for a better fixture because we'll batter them. And I stopped myself saying it because when I went to say it, I was like, well, you're tempting fate here. Yeah. And you could, ask, you could ask for a lot of better fixtures. Yeah, you really absolutely. could. Because they're not going to be as spineless and as, as soulless again as they were for the first half against Brentford. Well, the reality is, at, at the very least, they're going to run more. They're going to yeah. have to. Like, I know there's all, kind, there's all kinds of stuff. And it's interesting seeing how his head might be going already, Ten Hag's. Like, just just making them all run 14 kilometres the day after a massive game in like, ridiculous heat. I get the old school psychology of it. Mm. I can imagine his medical staff and the, the squad going what are you doing mate do this on tuesday or wednesday we've got like we've got we've got yeah, you know, three months until we play liverpool it's ridiculous how i'll be the gap is exactly et cetera, et cetera. we don't need to do this the next day and, and i know what point you're making but joe cancel a day off and make them come in and, and we'll talk to them about stuff and get in their heads whatever but so it shows that, that there's already issues there i'm a little bit concerned actually i i'd be it'd be interesting to have a chat with klopp and ask him how he thinks he's performed so far pre-season and as the season started because I, I do think there's some question marks over decisions that have been made and even things he said out loud which I think have been a little bit out of character and haven't helped so things like the saying out loud we're extending pre-season into the season I just don't think you need to say that even to your players necessarily like Guardiola interestingly going back to Adam's point before about them looking knackered I, I, I talk about this thing constantly about when we're trying to solve issues in life, we, we're always looking in the wrong place. We're always looking at the end and thinking it's here, the, the issue's here, when actually the issue was ages ago and you're just seeing the manifestation of it now. What we're potentially seeing right now is, and everyone sort of dismissed this because we, we were so caught up in it at the time, it was lovely. We played every game we could play last year yeah. and not just the physicality of that, but the emotion and the psychology of it. And then we didn't have a very long break and we didn't have a long preseason. It was really interesting before the Community Shield how many times it was said in commentary and or before the game and during commentary, Pep Guardiola gives his players extra time off. Not 
you know, get them back and get them in shape. Because in his head, he's like, I can sort that. I can sort the shape. I can sort the tactics. They need a, a rest from because they went. Everyone's banging on about us, but they went far off playing every game they yeah. could have played last season. And it's interesting that his. And they, but they got an extra week at the start of that process because they didn't have the Champions League final. Of course, and we did. Yeah, of course. And and even with that, he gave them more time off. So it's interesting that he's gone for the. These lads just need more of a break. And so I think there's an issue with that. Uh, even the and it, it goes back to Adam's point before, which I, I think we should bring head casery into like common parlance because I do think it's it's the it's the age old your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. The manager's head case, the squad's a head case, the crowd's a head case. When that is all in sync and goes well, it's brilliant. When it's not, not great. I'm not sure it's a good idea to be saying before and after the game. It felt like there's a witch in our training ground this week. You're like, mate. I don't think any of us need to hear this and I don't think you need to put that in the mind of the players because I think what's happening now is I think it's mainly muscle injuries, isn't it? I think you've got a load of lads there who are like, my body's just catching up with me from last year. And the issue now going into that We're game We're about one is, injury away from Ray the Egg popping up again, I think. Well, I, I, this is, He's out there somewhere. We're in Ray the Egg territory. I think we are. I think we could be. And I hope, I hope he does pop up. I hope he does. Um, good, just good to know he's well and fit. Yeah, like, <laughs> fit and fired. Generally speaking, yeah. Um, and I, I, yeah, it, I think it's, a, it's mad that it's such a big game when we should be... If it was Man City going there, United and City would be thinking... How many it's stopping me. Be? It's stopping me enjoy Man United's downfall. To be I honest. mean, yeah, yeah. I haven't been able to enjoy it. Yeah, to be honest, whenever we play after them, I'm always kind of reluctant anyway because we've seen yeah. it happen. I mean, no, I just need to say the words six one seven two. Everyone knows what we're talking about. Mm. But I do think, like to your point about Ten Hag going too early, if I was him, I would have at least waited until we'd played. Because I mean, his, his 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 team talk is very different. If Liverpool got four points and are c- clearly back on track, whereas now a situation where we're in crisis, we're just like, well, look, lads, they're not playing that great either. And then you say, okay, now put this work in for me, and then we go and get a result that works a lot better. They didn't do it that way. I don't think that they're gonna. Um, I think they're gonna regret that. I, I really do. I really don't know what what we what what we are expecting from them. I mean, I know they've been they've been very poor. Also, as I say, I'm not sure how good we are at the moment. Do minute. we remember? I'm not though? sure what's going to happen in between now and then. And I don't. And 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 it's always a difficult place to go. I know we've won there two seasons in a row now, and I feel like we had beaten our own mental hoodoo, which has existed for years and years around. I think that as well. Yeah. Not big for this. I do. Um, One other thing that's big. If we remember, just before the five nil last season, there was a lot of talk about them not running. There was all the thing with Solskjaer saying they're not running, they're not pressing people. So what did they do in that game? They tried to press us like an idiots and we kind of played around them. So if they are in that kind of, oh, we have to prove our point, we have to prove that we can do X, Y, Z, then good. Yeah. Because that means and they're again vulnerable. Well, the last, re- bit, last bit, go on, Cole. Sorry. Sorry. I, I was just going to say, and look, to, to balance that a bit, because I think I feel like we're all, everyone sort of pile on top of them at the moment, including me. And I, it came up, came up before when everyone was talking. I, I, I do think there's a huge part of this, which I always come back to, and it's like, no one wants to think about this, but there's a huge element of randomness in football, even at the highest level. And in another universe, we're sitting here with six points because even last night, you know, you say Milner should score after 58 seconds. And if Milner scores after 58 seconds, we batter That's what I was thinking Palace. about Diaz's shot against Fulham. He has a very similar shot. Exactly. That was well, that one. And then there's the one he hits the post. Yeah. We hit the bar as well. We hit the, yeah. Jordan Henson hits the bar in the last minute. If that dips in, We've we run away and we go. We got the three points. These things happen. No one's great this time of the season. That's the whole plan. And even last night, you know, I was I was sort of going through the the key points of the match. Nunes has a one on one, like five minutes before he gets sent off, and he completely miskicks it. Mm. Completely miskicks it. If he slots that, or if he slots the one that he also miskicks that goes against the post, again, it's a completely different game. And I I think. Having just criticised him, I think the build-up to United is going to be reminding these lads that they're absolutely boss mm. and they should go to United with this newfound mentality that we've had in recent years. Mm. And look after the game and go from there. Thank you very much to Andy Heaton for producing, Paul Cope, Adam Melia and Mo Stewart. The big picture is hugely, hugely annoying. Liverpool may have been good for three points in the end and they may have had hard lines at Fulham, but I hate mitigating circumstances and never want to hear about them. I prefer to have points.